Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm Rob Scheinberg, Rabbi of United Synagogue of Hoboken, New Jersey. Today we're learning Masechet Sukkah, Daf Mem Tet, page 49 A and B. As we approach the conclusion of a chapter of the Gemara, the tone of the Gemara often switches. We often encounter more Agadah, more homiletical discussions rather than Jewish legal discussions. And also we encounter more interpretation of biblical verses and rabbinic aphorisms. And this is no exception as we approach the conclusion of the fourth chapter of Masechet Sukkah. Now, the first part of this daf focuses on the shitin, the pipes through which the wine and water poured on the altar in libations would drain away. According to our page, these libations would actually drain and descend to the center of the earth because a network of these shitin, these pipes, would descend all the way to the middle of the earth. We're even told that these shitin were created during the week of creation and that instead of reading the first word of the Torah as bereshit in the beginning, you could divide it into two words, each of which is three letters, bara sheet. God created the pipe that brings the libations down below ground level and all the way down to the earth. But on the second page of this daf, we switch gears and we encounter some of the Talmud's outstanding aphorisms about tzedakah and deeds of loving kindness. We get to this point because one of the proof texts for the significance and antiquity of the shitin is a verse from the book of Song of Songs. And that verse mentions the word which means thighs. And this inspires a number of interpretations of what we can learn from thighs and legs. Why are the words of Torah compared in that verse to thighs? Just as thighs are usually covered up and revealed only in secret, so the Torah should be taught in relative privacy, or not as a commodity in the marketplace. And speaking of modesty and legs, reminds Rabbi Elazar of the verse from the book of Micah, God has told you, O mortal, what is good and what God requests of you, to do justice, and to love, mercy, or compassion, and to walk modestly with your God. And then we have an interpretation, according to Rabbi Elazar, of each of these. Doing justly is understood as a reference to justice. Loving mercy is understood as a reference to acts of loving kindness. Walking modestly with your God, that's understood as a reference to the various walking practices in Judaism. Walking to accompany the dead to the grave and walking to accompany the bride to the chuppah. And it is a kalvachomer argument, an argument from a, a minor principle to a major principle. 
Considering that the Prophet would use the phrase Hatznea Lechet to walk modestly when referring to such public practices as accompanying the dead to the grave or accompanying the bride to the chuppah, so all the more so those matters that are best conducted in private and in modesty, one should be even more modestly walking with God. And this discussion gives way to additional aphorisms about charity and kindness, most of which are quoted in the name of Rabbi Elazar, many of which draw contrasts between tzedakah, usually understood as financial donations, charitable donations to the needy, and gemilut chasadim, the more general term for acts of loving kindness. Amar Rabbi Elazar, gadol ha'uset tzedakah yoter mikol korbanot. Rabbi Elazar says tzedakah is more important than all the offerings of the sacrificial system, and one who engages in tzedakah is greater than one who engages in all of the sacrificial offerings. Shene'emar, as per the verse from the book of Proverbs, that doing tzedakah and mishpat is even more preferable than ritual slaughter. And he then goes on to say, Marabi Elazar, acts of loving kindness are even greater than tzedakah as per a verse from the book of Hosea. Plant for tzedakah and harvest according to chesed, act of love. When one plants, one's efforts may yield fruit and may not yield fruit, but when one harvests, one's efforts certainly, by definition, yield fruit. And this is a remarkably astute analogy for the contrast between tzedakah, financial giving, and chesed, the broader category of acts of loving kindness. Helping someone monetarily sometimes will yield the desired outcome and sometimes will not. Those who receive tzedakah will sometimes squander money. And if money is given them to help them to emerge from poverty, sometimes they'll use this money in other ways and they'll fail to emerge from poverty. Sometimes they'll use it in the recommended way and yet they will still fail to emerge from poverty. But acts of chesed, acts of chesed always accomplish exactly what they are intended to accomplish. One who, for example, visits the sick has accomplished the mitzvah of visiting the sick. Now granted, when seen in this way, the act of chesed sometimes appears more reliably successful than the act of tzedakah only because the expectations are more modest. But chesed, in this analogy, is analogous to harvesting, while tzedakah is analogous to planting. Chesed is a righteous act in actuality while tzedakah is a righteous act in potential. And Rabbi Elazar sticks with the metaphor. Rabbi Elazar, An act of tzedakah can be regarded as complete or incomplete based on the chesed that is embedded within it. Or in other words, an act of tzedakah that is not connected to chesed is incomplete. Moses Maimonides may have been thinking of this principle when he arranged his famous eight levels of charity in the Mishneh Torah, especially the bottom two levels. As you may know, when Maimonides, the Rambam, arranges a hierarchy of eight different kinds of tzedakah giving, the very bottom level is one who gives in a degrading fashion, while the second level from the bottom is one who gives less than is appropriate but does so graciously. From the perspective of the amount of funds the poor person has in hand, 
The first of these actions is clearly preferable to the second. Better to receive an appropriate amount of funds than to receive less than appropriate. However, the two scenarios differ in the quality of chesed, in the loving kindness of the action. And part of the benefit of a donation of tzedakah to someone in need is that the act of financial generosity contains within it an essential act of chesed, of human kindness. And then what follows is another outstanding statement of the primacy of chesed over tzedakah. Tanu Rabbanan, in three ways, gemilut chasadim is greater than tzedakah. Tzedakah b'mamono, gemilut chasadim ben begufo ben b'mamono. Tzedakah is done with money. Chesed can be done with money, but also can be done with one's body, with one's self, with the totality of one's being. Tzedakah la'aniyim, gemilut chasadim ben la'aniyim ben la'ashirim. Tzedakah is for the poor. Chesed is for rich or poor. In other words, the tzedakah paradigm for helping others divides the world into two categories. There are the poor people in need of help, and there's everyone else who provides the help. And yet, the world as we know it does not follow this paradigm at all. The world is full of rich people or comfortable people who are situationally very needy, perhaps because of illness or bereavement or other challenges. Under the tzedakah paradigm, the poor person is always the recipient and the rich person is always the donor. But under the gemilut chasadim paradigm, everyone is sometimes in need and everyone sometimes can help. And sometimes it could be the poor person who actually gives to the rich person. And finally, tzedakah l'chayim, gemilut chasadim bein l'chayim bein l'metim. Tzedakah is for the living. Gemilut chasadim is for the living and for the dead. One cannot materially sustain the dead, but one can perform acts of love for the dead, such as assisting in the burial of the dead, which is referred to in rabbinic literature as chesed shel emet, loving kindness of truth. And as a final flourish at the conclusion of this page, Rabbi Elazar interprets the words from the book of Proverbs, piha patcha b'chokhmah v'torat chesed alishona. Her mouth is open with wisdom, and the Torah of Chesed, the Torah of loving kindness, is on her tongue. What does this mean, Torah Chesed? Are there two kinds of Torah, Chesed-oriented Torah and non-Chesed-oriented Torah, such that we would need to specify the Torah Chesed alashona? And we're given an answer. Torah lishma zohi Torah Chesed lishma. Zohi Torah she'inasha chesed. Torah for its own sake is Torah of chesed, and Torah for an ulterior motive will not lead to chesed, perhaps because chesed itself is the paradigmatic pure motive. And then another opinion is presented. Ika damre, Torah lelamda, Zohi Torah she'chesed. Shelo lelamda, Zohi Torah she'inasha chesed. Learning Torah for the purpose of teaching it, that is Torah she'chesed. Learning Torah, but not for the purpose of teaching it, is not the Torah Shachasid. And in fact, for those of us who are teachers, our dedication to our students and our devotion to their learning needs is one of the primary ways that we make an effort to embody the value of Chesed. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros, from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.